I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. Inyash is back. We missed you last episode. No, he's not. He's trapped in the playa forever because (laughs) everyone who went to Burning Man this year is going to die there. Oh, no. He got Ebola and drowned. Reporting live from the field, Inyash Brodsky. (laughs) There's bodies just strewn everywhere around me. You can see the Ebola jumping off of them and tearing down people that get near. But they're like hot bodies, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Everyone at Burning Man is hot. That's that's how the Ebola keeps spreading. You're keeping them as a snack for later, right? I try to keep the non-Ebola people around me for snacks. So, you know, (laughs) we're all eyeing each other right now. Yeah, that's fair. But, you know, in a couple of weeks, you might have to make do. Oh, boy. Can you boil out the Ebola? Definitely. 100%. Good. That's what I'll do. All right. Good. All right. This is episode number 91. We're recording on September 11th. 2023 aka patriot day ah. who the fuck calls it that <laughs> that's what it's uh google the google calendar calls it that seriously yeah it, i've got the like optional like um the the holiday calendar in there and it, it marks today's patriot day that is the stupidest thing ever i mean everything related to 9-11 is the stupidest thing ever that's unfortunate especially rudy giuliani <laughs> yeah <laughs> That entire man is unfortunate. Right? If I had remembered that this was going to be uh, on 9-11, I would have done some special Rudy Giuliani news. Ah, missed um, opportunity. But uh, here's, here's the Rudy Giuliani news. He's probably getting disbarred. Oh, good. Is that a thing that we're getting into later, or are we jumping no. right into that? No, no, no. There's no real news there. He's like, he's got disbarment proceedings coming up. Oh, okay. Is this due uh, to all his, like, lying for Trump or what? Yes. Yes, okay. that is what it's due to. <laughs> okay. You're really not supposed to do that as a lawyer. <laughs> I have learned this recently. I thought lawyers yeah. just lied all the time. They do, but you got to lie in the right way. Mm. You can't, like, it can't be just, like, a, a bold-faced lie. Or is it bald-faced? Is it bold or bald? I think it's bald because you is can't bald hide anything lie? underneath your beard. Oh, because you got a bald face. Um, because people without beards are liars. Is that, that what sense. it is? I, I assume. No, that's what like, it would be bald-faced. The beard helps you lie because it obscures your facial expression. And, like, if you are so intensely lying that you aren't even using a beard to hide it, it's oh. very obvious. All right, yeah. So it's like uh, lying, even when it's so clear that everyone will know you're lying, is a bald-faced lie. All I right, that so. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, it's not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to, like, kind of... Uh, lie by omission or like heavily innuendo false things, not really say them. Mm-hmm. Um, they teach you all this in law school. Uh, but if you just go out there and say false things that everyone knows are false and can prove are false, then you get in trouble. Especially if you are, you know, doing it on behalf of someone that liberals hate because liberals run all, all institutions. Womp. Especially bar associations. Mm-hmm. Which is why. New Jersey has a continuing education requirement for DEI credits. Yay. Ooh, I'm sorry Womp to hear that. I'm not, I mean, I haven't done them. Still sorry to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a bummer. <laughs> so you're going to have to do them eventually, right? Yeah, I am. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm hoping. I wonder. I want to, like, get something. Um, I want to, like, do a. Uh, I want to teach 
a continuing education and get DEI credit for it that's about how, like, white people, you know? Shit, can you do that? White people and men. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they wouldn't approve it. They'd be like, this isn't, this isn't DEI, get out of here. Uh, But, you know, the legal profession actually is, like, super, super uh, white male dominated and um, probably very sexist. So, and probably racist. So, I mean, it couldn't, you know, it could happen to worse industries. Gotcha. All right. Uh, on to uh, follow-ups from previous stories. Uh, all right. What's this about Swiss journalists? Uh, this is for me. Not Swiss journalists. Swiss tourists. Oh, Swiss tourists. Uh, this is a callback to several episodes ago where um, the French police shot a dude that tried to flee from them. Uh, two Swiss tourists in France were killed by a driver running from a police stop. And according to our Discord user, this is the third such killing since the June police sh- shooting that uh, we talked about. So, you know, you're, you're trading off the lives of innocent people. Well, you know what they say, the plural of anecdotes is data. So That's thank exact- you for that, Eniash. No problem. You've made a, a astounding point, and any pushback we gave to you <laughs> is, is totally retracted. Thank you. At last, the people see that I should be the rightful ruler. <laughs> All right, what's this next one from FaZe? FaZe, also on the Discord, wants to know why we don't get Eliezer, on the po- Eliezer Dukowski on the podcast as a special AI policy um, episode to sort out the differences in opinion between me and the two of you guys. And, All right, well, I'll uh, tell you why. Yeah. Eliezer Dukowski hates doing podcasts and only does them begrudgingly when he knows they have a huge audience. That's a good um, reason. And, now, and also, he's just not uh, particularly, you know up to the times with actual stuff that's actually going on with actual AI in the real world and not inside his head. Uh, I'm open to doing this with someone, but I'm vetoing Yudkowsky. Oh my god, David's too good for Yudkowsky. <laughs> you know what? I'm overruling David. Iliaizer, if you want to come on the podcast, me and Eniash will do a special episode with you. David's not invited. Rock on. But <laughs> I also don't think that's a very good idea not because of the guest but just because there's not much else left to say like we we all know each other's positions and we can just repeat them over and over again on a special episode but i don't know what else there is left to hash out yeah but- also uh we are idiots <laughs> and <laughs> i mean you guys certainly are <laughs> you don't want us to have people who know what they're talking about on the show yeah they'll just be like well blah, 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 and they'll be like what the fuck did you just say well, like I mean, we, at least I know where I disagree with you guys, and you aren't changing th- those opinions. Like, it, it, there's not much left to talk about. Yeah, my idea is if we can find a good uh, AI doomer that we all want to have on, uh, do it as like a moderated debate where we're just moderators slash sitting around listening and have it be a conversation between like John Stokes or JD Pressman, uh, some other. Uh, AI bloomer, bloomer, I, they, love it. They already have plenty of those though, and they wouldn't help our listeners like get the us sorted out. I, I think the listeners kind of are saying like, "Will you guys stop fighting about this?" And I'm like, "No, we won't. <laughs> we will just no, not do it not. publicly." Yeah. Hey, aren't bloomers another word for underwear? Uh, a certain are. kind of underwear, yeah. <laughs> nice AI bloomers. I love like it. it. All right, next follow up. Uh, so, a while ago, we did a Wes and David were wrong about the Alec Baldwin story, because we were like, there's no friggin' way 
that asshole fired that gun without pulling the trigger. Guns don't just fire without pulling the trigger. Then some news reports came out that were like, oh, actually, it, it's possible the gun did fire without the trigger, without him pulling the trigger. Um, and we were, they were like, oh, no, we were wrong. Well, it turns out we were not wrong. I retract that Wes and David were wrong. Wes and David were right because now it's come out that, like, the testing, whoever was doing the testing fucking broke the thing. And then we're like, I don't know, maybe it, uh, maybe it went off without the trigger. Holy shit. Um, if, if I remember right, I declined to accept that David was wrong because I suspected something like this might have happened. All right. Well, David was right the whole time. Wes was wrong about being wrong. <laughs> um, and I have a clip from, um, from Weird Beard from the Assorted Calibers podcast that I'm going to insert into here. Uh, where he explains exactly what was going on there. Uh, so enjoy that. Here it goes. Hey, speaking of guns. Yes. Alec Baldwin, guilty or not? <sighs> that is a really, really, really tough one. Um, did you, did you, did you, did you uh, remember, did you hear our episode where we had to do the, like, David and Wes were wrong about this? Yes. Because we were like, there's no way he didn't pull the trigger. Guns don't just shoot. And then it came out there like, uh, this gun may have been defective. No, no, because actually I just I, I, I just saw that they just they just had a new release when they reindicted him. And uh, they reindicted him? Yeah. I did not even hear I'd say, man, oh, yeah. maybe we have to do a follow up on this. Oh yeah. No, yeah, he's he's he is he is back he is back under the uh, under the gun again, proverbially speaking. <laughs> and it was I'm definitely not the, gonna use that. The, 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 it was there was a misrepresentation and so I don't I don't know who fucked it up, but the broken seer uh thing that was that was written about extensively was broken by the testing lab. They, and, and it was intentionally broken. They were physically, I think th th what, I think what they must have been doing is they were, they were <sighs> testing for what's called push off, which mm -hmm. is where the sear engagement's not great and you should be able to cock a hammer to full cock and beat the fuck out of it and it should not slide off until the trigger's pulled. And so likely what they did was they hit the hammer with the trigger oh, until that hardened steel piece hit the less hardened sear piece and snapped it. They found that the gun was in perfect working order. And furthermore, there, there, they have the 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 footage from the. I mean, as he shot, the, you know, as he shot them, like they had, they have it on camera. They were recording it. That's the whole fucking point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just, a, it was, yeah, it was just, it was just a test. But you don't fucking throw throw anything away. How I see it is, it's very, very, very tricky because there are so many layers. And if we want to go top down, I think. I think the biggest mistake is the fucking director, because he got shot and almost killed, they never charged him. But the bottom line is he set up a camera with a monitor and a director of photography all lined up directly with an actor who was handling a firearm on set. That should never happen. They should have been off to the side of him with the camera set up and watching it on a remote monitor, because number one, who gives a shit? You can't, it, how, no, it doesn't matter how it looks through the lens. It matters how it looks through the monitor. Cause that's, that's what's actually being recorded. And so they should have never been there so that in the event that there was a, there, there was a negligent discharge, which is always a possibility. I mean, I, I, I tell, I, I, I did, my father was asking right when this happened, he was asking questions and I said, here, hold on. Went downstairs, opened my safe, grabbed a couple of guns, came back upstairs, and was showing him the various mechanics that are going on with that style of gun. And, like, I must have checked to make sure that those guns were cleared, like, 
four or five times while I'm showing him the various p- parts and stuff like that of the gun because it only takes half a second to make sure a gun's not loaded. So why the fuck wouldn't you do it? And then you always you always want to err because you can always check to make sure the gun's not loaded. Or, you know, in the case of when you put on a gun, you check to make sure it is loaded. I've, I've known people yeah. that have that have uh, that have ta- 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 taken a gun out and checked the chamber and realized, oh, I had a loaded magazine in the gun, but there was nothing in the chamber. So if I had mm-hmm. if I had ever needed that gun, I, it would it would have made a click instead of a bang. Either way, there's a million and one things that should have been done and are the SAG after rules for why that shouldn't have happened. The director is honestly speaking the most guilty party. Hannah Gutierrez Reed fucked up hardcore and she's probably going to spend a little time in prison if I if I had to guess. Alec Baldwin has some culpability, but but kind of not because of how they treat actors. He has a lot more culpability in the fact that he was a producer and he allowed such bullshit to go on. So yeah, that's my take. All right. Wasn't that great? Thanks weird. That was fascinating. All right. What's our next follow up? Something from intuitive machines. Yeah. So on the last episode, the one that Inyash wasn't here for because he was busy dying at Burning Man, (laughs) uh, we talked about intuitive machines, which it's looking like they're going to be the first private company to successfully land a lunar probe. Well, Uh, they're certainly going to be the first ones to try. Uh, they aren't actually. There was a Japanese company that uh, tried, but the oh. rocket that was taking the probe exploded. Um, womp womp. Yeah, so that was a bummer. But now we have an, an American, American company, company right? uh, that looks like they're going to be the first, like God intended. So uh, the first real company <laughs> that tried. Also, I am entirely in favor of making Moon Estate, but I'll save that for a future troop deployment. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, they have... No, you don't want to make the moon a state. You want to make it your, uh, your like, uh, charter city. Yeah, but failing that, I'd be happy with moon being the 51st state. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, uh, Intuitive Machines, the company behind this lander, has released a short Twitter video of a test fire of their landing engines. It's super cool. Uh, it's, like, 30 seconds long, and you can see the engine, like, articulating and everything. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be in the show notes. Check it out. All right. Well, let's move on to the new news. And our top story this episode comes from Eniage about the man who burns. The man who drowns. <laughs> so, tell us about Burning Man. I didn't actually put the story on the news outline. Uh, I I did just now because I want you to tell us what the cinnamon toast fuck happened at Burning Man. <laughs> it's it rained. I, I, there was it, rain. It's... There was Ebola. People were drowning. Everyone was stranded there. All right. So that um, last part is it true. was the worst time every anyone's ever had, mm, and d- everything was ruined. Uh, it was. I mean, it was a, a harsh year, I guess. Uh, the the rain came down, and if you've been out at Burning Man, it is a extremely fine dust that covers everything to, for I don't know, like an inch or so. And uh, when an inch of dust, uh, um, you know, Do you know how much on... dust you need for it to be an inch? I mean, in some places it piles up, and others it's bare. But like, yeah, there's a fuck ton of dust, dude. Dear God. Yeah. 
Uh, and when it rains, it turns into like this extremely thick, squishy clay that gets into everything, uh, locks up wheels, and you just you can't get around. And uh, then uh, usually it dries out and you can drive around again the next day, except sometimes it rains a whole lot and then it keeps raining the next day and everybody is rained out and just stuck in their tents feeling kind of miserable. It also dissolves flesh, right? That too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so the playa turned into clay? Yeah. Was everyone just building tons of shit out of it? Not really. Oh, come on, Burning Man. There were a few things I saw built, but they were fairly small and yeah. Oh, that's so disappointing. I was like, oh my god, they turned the whole thing into Play-Doh. Knock yourselves out. Yeah, it's it's kind of a lame Play-Doh, to be You're completely a lame honest. Play-Doh. Oh shit. Uh the the well, so there's two main worries about this the first one being that if it goes on for long enough people starve because you you only have the food you brought out there and most people only brought enough for like the week plus a little extra and so if it keeps going eventually you run out of food i personally yeah but everybody actually got out in time right yeah yeah the rain let up in enough time i I personally was dried up by saturday and sunday when everyone was leaving it was sort of depending on the vehicle you had Honestly, nobody should have been leaving on Saturday, and a lot of t- trucks even got stuck. Uh, on Sunday, mm. you know, like, 4 by 4s could go. It was it was Monday, Tuesday that reasonable people could actually drive on it. I couldn't get out until okay. Tuesday, because I got a little Honda Civic. Uh, oh, so you actually did get stranded there for a couple extra days. Yes, I did. Uh, but, but which is fine. Extra burning, man. <laughs> I, no, I mean, that's the thing. It, it, it's miserable when, when it's raining. Like, it's cold, it's wet, you can't really move around much because the mud just sticks to everything. You gotta put plastic bags on your feet and kind of stomp around. Should have brought snowshoes. And I think that would make it worse because it just <laughs> it <laughs> sticks. Stick to yeah. <laughs> it's just me. Oh, man. By the. Yeah. Should have brought a tank. Yeah, by the second night, it was okay. We could stomp around with the bags on our feet, and we walked around our block and, you know, chatted with people and met things. There was an art car that was just kind of stuck because, you know, vehicles couldn't move, so we danced by that for a while. It was actually kind of an all right, interesting experience. Like, people were bringing out their leftover alcohol to the side of the road and just like, here, it's a serve-yourself bar because I'm not checking IDs. <laughs> we're just sitting alcohol <laughs> on the side of the road. It was, uh, it was, it was actually fairly fun but yeah the i also don't think anyone really had to worry about starving because you could walk out to the highway um if you're an able-bodied person it's probably several hours of walking uh in the muck maybe you know most of the day of walking but you could get there no i i heard several reports of people who did that yeah uh the more more worrisome potential is that uh human waste like th- there's a lot of porta potties everywhere but any single porta potty can only carry so many gallons of waste and uh if you don't get those things flushed out like what do you do hopefully some people would be smart enough to start digging latrines but there's a lot of not smart people out there especially this year there was a lot of noobs this year uh but fortunately that wasn't an issue uh, after about 24 hours they got those trucks out there to the porta potties again and were cleaning them out so it was fine amazing yeah and uh, I'm also given to understand that all the catastrophes are completely fine because everyone who goes to um, Burning Man is a venture capital billionaire. So why didn't you <laughs> tell us you're a venture capital billionaire, Inyash? I don't want you guys to get all jealous and expect me to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, uh, why don't you just come have your private helicopter pick you up? You know, funny story, there was a dude that walked past our camp at one point trailing uh, some luggage on wheels, which obviously weren't spinning because of the mud. And we were like, where are you heading off to? He's like, my helicopter. 
motherfucker better <laughs> wait for me. Paid $17,000 for this. And we were like, holy shit. Okay, then. So, All right. Well, I guess there are some tech billionaires there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know. It, it seems uh, it seems like a waste. You can enjoy the rain, too. Just, like, get to know your campmates. I don't know. Maybe if you suck and don't have great campmates. But we had, you know, we had an elder that had been going for 23 years. And he was like, all right, here's what you do. Start conserving your food. Uh, we had someone whose dad works in the sewage industry, whose name happens to be Charlie and is my lover, who was like, okay, yeah, we start digging a trench out from the really waterlogged parts so that we don't get completely inundated here. And we, we did that. We dug out a trench. We put down a little boardwalk. Did a little public work service project right there in the middle of our camp to keep some people dry. And, the and people you didn't just, even make anything out of all that clay? I, no. No, we did ah. not. If I had been there, I would have made something. It was nice. We all pulled together and, you know, got through it. I saw somebody made a d- uh, dick sculpture. I did see a few of those, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, at least but, some fun was had. Hey, we were too adult and uh, and responsible to make dick sculptures, sir. Yeah, yeah all right. Um, Ours I was were say- Georgia O'Keeffe bouquets. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eniash, for telling us about your harrowing experience at Burning Man. Almost died. I want credit as a national disaster survivor now. I'm going to make it out there when, when Roxy's old enough. You know, there, there were kids Roxy's age out there. I saw them. Yeah, but did they like it? Yeah, sure. Why not? They're kids. It's a big sand pit. Yeah, I mean, she likes her sandbox, but only for like an hour at a time. And then she wants to watch TV. Well, she can't do that. There's no TV. So exactly. she will have to learn other exactly things the to problem. do. No, no, that that is part of the wonderfulness of the playa. You can't do those things. And so you find oh, out. No. Yeah. Oh, God. This sounds like a character building exercise. I don't do those with her. Well, you, that is her loss. Uh, I beg to differ. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to real news, uh, which is. Uh, all right. So our, we have a story here. We have actually two stories from the Fifth Circuit uh, dealing with social media. Two social media decisions came down in the past couple of weeks. Uh, the first one is a story we covered before. Uh, the It is about the injunction preventing the government from censoring social media. Now, a while ago, a lower court uh, took a look at all the shit the government was doing during COVID to pressure social media companies to you know basically prevent misinformation on their platforms where misinformation was all the shit conservatives were saying and they issued an injunction saying you can't talk to social media companies anymore you crazy orwellian bastards is this what the whole twitter files thing was about no no okay um well it was partly about that okay um the twitter files were a lot of like internal twitter stuff about what they decided to censor only some of which had to do with the government i see okay but yes the twitter files touched on this but the fifth circuit uh, this was widely viewed as something that was definitely going to be overturned by the the appeals court because it was an insane order and it was super over the top and what the fifth circuit did is as expected they narrowed it a lot they dis- they they removed a couple of the defendants um, I forget who, but they said it only applies to the White House, Surgeon General, FBI, and CDC, because those were the only people that they showed, those were the only agencies that they showed did anything wrong here. But they did find that their, the government had a basically a massive pressure campaign to censor what they considered misinformation, which was anything that didn't, you know, wasn't approved by the government about COVID 
or, uh, you know, COVID-related things like lockdowns and vaccines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the pressure was enough to be considered either coercion or significant encouragement, which is what is um, what is prohibited by First Amendment precedent. It says they're not allowed to coerce or significantly encourage, which they uh, almost certainly did here. And they and so the Fifth Circuit narrowed the order. The original order was just like you can't talk to social media companies. The Fifth Circuit narrowed it to say you can't coerce or significantly encourage social social media companies to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce, including through altering their algorithms, posted social media content containing perfect, protected free speech. You know that leaves it a little bit up to interpretation, but it seems like a fair compromise. Um, when we talked about this before, I was just like, this is, this is, this is insane. This is an insane order. Uh, and there's no way it survives. Um, this one, I think it's good. I think it's good order. I think they did a good job here. I like this order a lot. I kind of wish the more stricter one had passed. I don't remember. How insane was it? Oh, God. I don't even remember all of what was in it. But it was basically like, the government's not allowed to say anything. Hmm, I like to, that. Shoot. <laughs> 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 all right. But that's not what the First Amendment says. <laughs> all right. Fair. I would not like. I feel like that would be a bad precedent. Okay. The government's not allowed to talk. Oh, good. I- I'm glad. Do you do you think this will uh, stand up in the Supreme Court? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Do you think they're going to try bullshit standing shenanigans? Always. Ah. There's a whole, you know, there's a whole, like, the whole, as with everything, the whole first half of this opinion is about standing. Oh. And I, I didn't even read that part, because I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting into standing on a Fifth Circuit opinion. You know, when it comes to the Supreme Court, maybe we'll analyze the standing question, but but not on a uh, appeals court decision. No. Not wasting my time on that. It's standing when they feel like deciding it, and they felt like deciding this one. Oh, good. David, I assume you approve? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Riveting commentary. All right, the other Fifth Circuit decision having to do with social media was that... So Texas passed a law a while ago forbidding social media companies to engage in viewpoint discrimination if they had greater than 50 million active users. The trial court overturned that law, and the Fifth Circuit just reinstated it. So they overruled the lower court and said, you know, no, this law has this law gets to stand. Hmm. Uh, and so what the law basically says is that a social media company with more than 50 million active users is a common carrier. And we apply uh. common carrier doctrine. Um, uh, so you can't discriminate based on viewpoint and the fifth circuit looked at this and said look freedom of speech does not include the right to shut down speech you don't like um, and that's all we're talking about here um, so this isn't really uh, there's no freedom there's no first amendment right to shut people up and you know it, you look at look at you know section 230 and the uh litigation around that all suggests that when platforms are hosting speech, it's not the platforms doing the speaking. So you don't have a free speech right in, you know, uh, preventing people from speaking on your platforms. Um, if you did, then you could get sued for that speech. But but it's not. It's not your speech. It's their speech. That's. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like this decision. I think I think if Texas wants to have this law, they should be allowed to have it. Um, you know, and it's got you know it's got exceptions exceptions in there for. Uh, censorship authorized by federal law, which I don't, I don't know what that would be. Um, you know, probably it's, it, it's, it's got another category for unlawful expression. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's probably, you know, those feel like the same thing. There's an exception for, uh, pedophile stuff. 
<laughs> and an exception for incitement or threats of violence because of a protected class. Okay. Which is, uh, it's funny, there's no, there's no exception for just regular threats of violence. Hmm. <laughs> you, can, you can threaten violence, just not because of someone's race. Well, um... <laughs> yeah, right? I was just like, I'm like, maybe I read that wrong, but it really sounded to, like uh, reading the statute, it sounds like the exception is only for threats of violence because of protected class. Uh, so that's interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, it, I'm happy overall anyway. Like, the, the treating social media companies as common carriers, I think, just is a good idea and is something that I would like to see how it plays out in Texas. Well, here's here's what I thought was weird about this. Hmm. I actually controlled aft the uh, the opinion to see if they ever talked about the right to assembly or, or freedom of association. Mm-hmm. Because that seems to be what's at issue here. You know, if a company says, I want to have, you know, a, uh, a, a social media where we get a bunch of people together to talk about whatever they want... It seems like they would have a free association right to kick people off if they don't want to hang out with them. You know, yeah. if they're like, well, we don't want you as part of our group. Mm-hmm. We have a free association right to that. The Constitution, you know, the right to free assembly has been interpreted as a right of free association. And it w- was not mentioned in this opinion at all. So I don't know if that's going to come up later or if that's something they they didn't argue at the lower court so that they're precluded then from arguing it at the appeals court or if it's just the law on that sucks and they would have lost i don't know but i was surprised not to see that at&t can't use that true um you know i but i at least thought they'd make the argument Mm, okay it's just it's just weird that there was no discussion of it at all okay because i I, you know if i was the lawyer i would certainly say like look we're not we're not a phone company we're a social media company um and it's not these aren't one-to-one calls you know if people want to to direct the message to each other whatever but this is something that appears on our website that everyone can see i think that makes it a little different from a phone company you know and at least make that argument i i don't know i don't think that argument i mean the whole point of common carrier is that that sort of argument cannot apply so if you're arguing common carrier already isn't that considered bundled in yeah i guess so but i when when you do these um you know when you when you do litigation like this you want to you want to make every argument you can yeah i see that even has the slightest chance of, of getting getting any traction. So I mean, maybe yeah, maybe the precedent on free association is just is just terrible because it's not something that comes up very often. There's probably maybe there's like some 1841 case that's like yeah, free association eh, that really only applies to in person uh, you know meetings and that's it. Yeah, uh, who knows? I'm not looking it up. You guys are gonna have to pledge a lot more. Uh, you're going to have to get a lot more paid subscribers before I start doing that. <laughs> I, I want that guy with the helicopter to just dump a ton of money into this now. All right. Well, speaking of rich guys with helicopters, David, tell us about SpaceX. Yeah. So we uh, previously reported on a test launch for Starship, uh, SpaceX's heavy lift vehicle, and uh, that one exploded and they're ready for round two. Uh, The FAA, however, is not ready for round two, which is why this is not in happy news. I feel shocked. (laughs) What is the FAA doing? Why are they not ready for round two? What's going on? Uh, Excellent question. SpaceX (laughs) needs permission, and the FAA has not yet given it to them. Uh, Presumably because, you know, 
the last one exploded and scattered debris everywhere and they were angry about that. But if they have given a specific reason or approximate timeline, I'm not aware of it. Mm, so the government is basically being a bunch of little bitches. Yeah. No, not the government. <laughs> I'm disappointed to hear this. Ah, uh, well. Um, uh, all right. Next news, the Proud Boys. Uh, Enrique Tarrio, the leader of the Proud Boys, was sentenced to 22 years in prison. Did you just say Enrico Tarrio? Enrique Tarrio. That sounds like a very Hispanic name. It is a very Hispanic name. Is the leader of the Proud Boys a Hispanic dude? Um, Inyash, he's definitely I'll not let you in on a uh, dark secret about American white supremacists. Most of them aren't white. Well, <laughs> alrighty then. I wouldn't say most of them, but there's yeah, there's uh, lots of non-white representation in the white supremacy uh, industry. That'd be awesome, awesome in a hilarious way. I'd rather if uh, if they were more diverse than you know some some of these groups that uh, yeah. trying to kill them. Yeah, not that I think the Proud Boys are white supremacist. They're distasteful, but I haven't seen any reasonable people suggesting that. Yeah, my take on the Proud Boys is I think they're just, like, dumb idiots. Yeah, more or less where I'm at, too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But this is the dude who was, who, like, orchestrated the thing where they had the, uh, like, the uh, the hotel room in Virginia or Maryland or wherever that had all the guns in it, and he was like, all right, we're ready to go as soon as you give the signal. Um, and, And, you know, they got all his, like, private messages from the weeks leading up to january 6th and he was like oh yeah this guy this is an asshole who definitely like planned to storm the capitol and like wanted to hang mike pence and shoot some uh congress people and whatever ah okay so he gets 22 years okay uh you know almost certainly an excessive sentence just because all sentences are pretty excessive hmm didn't I hear something that the ones who took plea tails got between like one half and one third of the sentence as the uh, the people who wanted a trial? Probably. That sounds about right to me. I, it seems like a lot. It seems like... That's why people take plea deals. Isn't that a little bit over-coercive? Yes. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the whole plea bargain system is extremely coercive, Enioch. <laughs> okay. I mean, I always knew it was coercive, but like, that seems intense. It's... Yes! It's very intense. Cool. Glad we got that out of the way then. Plea bargaining is a travesty of justice. And it's only it's only allowed because we arrest so many people, we could never try them all. Mm. So they're like, well, we don't want to do all these trials. So let's just, let's just make a deal where, you know, you get a lighter sentence and we don't have to do any work. And heavens for Fen, you know, we arrest fewer people. Yeah, well, what do you... We can't do that. Yeah. Gotta make there be less gotta laws. get all of these non-violent drug offenders off the streets. Yeah. We can't just, like, let people do drugs. Especially if they're not violent about it. Right? Ruins all our narrative about the violence of the drugs. Uh, by the way, Inyash, did you eat any feds? Did I what any feds? Eat any feds at Burning Man. <laughs> Well, um, no, because as soon as the rain came, they bugged the fuck out and we didn't see them again. <laughs> Wait, seriously? <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe that was the helicopter guy. <laughs> it's probably not the <laughs> helicopter guy. 
<laughs> he was like, oh, man, I got to go catch my helicopter. <laughs> I mean, I paid 17 grand for it. Totally. Yeah. Did, a, did the helicopter say helicopter. flowers by Irene on the side? <laughs> Is this a feds joke? Well, what is, uh, what's the acronym there, Eniash? Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, kind of incompetence, uh, we got some Russia news. Uh, I put this on here, but I'm going to need you guys to tell me about it. From what I hear, the counteroffensive is not going well. I have heard mixed reports. Uh, the reason I didn't add this to the headline is because I'm uh, waiting for people to sort out what's actually true. I've heard it's not going well in the sense that they're not actually pushing through Russian lines much, but I've also heard that they're not really trying to push through Russian lines. They're just, like, doing a bunch of deep strike operations where uh, they, like, blitz past the lines of defenses to wreck back area infrastructure. Uh, so, yeah, I... I Anyone who tells you that they know for sure what's going on is probably not a particularly reliable source. All right. But Zelensky did fire his defense minister, right? Uh, I haven't heard anything about that, but maybe. Because <laughs> that sounds like a pretty bad sign. I definitely read that. Uh, hang on. Let, let me Google it. He was well, okay. He resigned. Ah. In disgrace. Oh, no. Uh, although there was some kind of scandal, so maybe it wasn't for, uh, you know, you suck at being a defense minister reasons. I thought they retook some area, didn't they, Ukraine? Yeah, they retook, like, a small village. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, depending on who you're listening to and how much you believe them, they are either using that... Uh, as a staging ground to roll up the entire defensive line, using that as a staging ground for the deep strike operations, or have overextended themselves by taking it and are currently being pushed back. The yeah. last All one right. is mostly coming from Russian sources, so probably not that last one, but... <laughs> All right. Uh, also going on in Russia... So remember that grain deal we were talking about? Uh, hang, where everyone... hang on, hang on, hang on. I just yeah. read the sentence. Uh, Ukrainian defense minister's removal follows a scandal around the defense ministry's procurement of military jackets. And I need to figure out what the fuck that means. <laughs> Does sound intriguing. All right. We're, uh, we're just Googling the news now. <laughs> <laughs> We're great at our jobs. The Mind Killer podcast is a great source of news. I would like to say that this is late breaking news, so you are getting the freshest news about jacket procurement. Um, oh, fuck. That didn't have any this, details. Uh, also, this article is a week old. The uh, freshest week old news. <laughs> uh, jackets, guys. He was fired for jackets. <laughs> I really hope that's a bad translation of, like, bulletproof vests or something. If he just, like, gave the contract for, like, the dress blue jackets to his cousin Pavel or something, then that would be hilarious. Right? I mean, that's a time-honored tradition here in America. Mm -hmm. Honestly, in Ukraine, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're less corrupt. <laughs> All right. Well, elsewhere in Russia... Uh, so remember that grain deal we were talking about a few episodes ago where uh, they they 
everyone made a deal that was like, okay, Ukraine can like ship out the grain that they grow uh, to the rest of the world, so we don't have like a worldwide famine. And then they were like backed out of it. Yeah, I vaguely recall that. Apparently, Erdogan is trying to mediate a re the, the deal getting reinstated. Uh, and they had a big meeting uh, with he had a big meeting with Putin, but Putin's like, no deal because. You guys keep shooting down our civilian ships in the Black Sea, which uh, sounds fake, uh, and everyone claims that nobody's doing that. So it sounds like he's just being a shithead again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, the G is pronounced like a W. It's Erdogan. Yeah. So anyway, Erdogan. 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 Yeah. All right, uh, David. What is going on with Fruitcast? Uh, so there is a British startup. Uh, not many of those nowadays, but this one is called Fruit Cam- Fruitcast. And it's using AI image recognition to count, weigh, and evaluate the ripeness of millions of berries per day. Uh, <laughs> and this is good because it... Uh, can let farmers get much more accurate estimates of their crops before they actually, you know, harvest them. Uh, and also, Inyash, I am willing to bet you $20 that this AI will never rip off a man's nose and throw it at a lamppost. I love the reference. Um, might be willing to take the bet based on what the odds are. Uh, what <laughs> odds would you take? Yeah, like 10,000 to 1. <laughs> yeah, Pass. Okay. <laughs> also glad to know what your actual revealed preference about AI risk is. Well, this particular risk <laughs> is extremely small. Like, all this is not what we're worried about. And, you know, some AI is going to go wrong somewhere. Eniash. Yeah. I heard you chuckle at yeah. the phrase, evaluate the ripeness of millions of berries. <laughs> is there something okay. funny about that phrase? I, I actually chuckled because I immediately recognized the whole strawberry picker uh thing that was posted on less wrong which i think was eliezer actually uh but um now that you bench it put it that way that is also a hilarious phrase on its own i applaud this phrase being... grow up eniash you how dare you i survived <laughs> drowning man <laughs> you're right you're right we should be nice to you this week <laughs> thank you all right well in the in the spirit of being nice to you why don't you tell us about uh florida state Okay, but before we do that real quick, wasn't there something about um, the drones having their Starlink turned off by Musk? That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so the Ukrainian Navy was planning a big operation against uh, what's left of the Black Sea Fleet. Uh, the Russian Black Sea Fleet, that is. Um, but Elon Musk turned off their Starlink connections, which... They're, um, they've been using that to coordinate because most of their other comps infrastructure has been hit with missiles. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think he did it because like it, I think the justification Musk gave was like it would be, it was too close to an attack on Russian soil or something. Uh, but a lot of the people I talked to about this sort of stuff said he he probably got pressure from someone in the DOD for inscrutable reasons. I'd, I'd heard that, that, you know, the whole worried about starting World War Three thing, but I also 
heard somewhere that it just wasn't active in that area and he didn't turn it on when it was requested that he turned it on or something as opposed to turning it off. Is yeah, anything- that's Musk's story. The original story was that it was on and then they went to like fire the missiles and Musk, you know, turned the kill switch and the missiles just like washed up on shore undetonated because they needed the internet. Um, Musk says, no, no, no. They asked for Starlink coverage there and we just said no. I don't know uh, what's true. I'm not really one to trust Elon Musk when he says stuff, but I'm not really one to trust uh, journalists either. So who knows? All right. Certainly not us, because we do not get paid enough to have an investigative journalist on um, on payroll. And you guys could help fix that problem. Now, you can trust us. That's why we say when we don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but people could help uh, fix the problem of us not having we investigative journalists. We only show at the end so true. people can skip it. Oh, well, maybe that's why they've been skipping it, not giving us lots of money. Yes, I agree. We need more shilling on this show. (laughs) All right, Ineash, now do you want to tell us about Florida State? Sure. Florida State University has a professor named Eric, or had a professor named Eric Stewart uh, working. That's a generic name. It is a pretty generic name. Very suspicious, because he's a celebrated criminologist, and who else would use uh, a fake name more than a criminologist who wants to hide his crimes? Hmm... He was uh, instrumental. Well, I don't know how instrumental because I don't know how um, how many of these sorts of studies there are. But apparently, a lot of citations of his studies showing uh, systemic racism in uh, throughout American institutions and policing and uh, white people just in general being racist. He has been kicked out of Florida State University and his termination ledger, letter. They acknowledged uh, lots of fraud in his studies. Extreme negligence and incompetence were the words they used. Ah. Six major studies that are often cited as proof of systemic racism have been retracted. Uh, from another overview, someone said that at least 16, which I assume these six are included part of, uh, show signs of just a blatant fraud. Uh, this kind of came to light. In 2019, I think is when it for people started first looking at it, when a collaborator on a report uh, on a paper they were doing said after the paper came out, there were 500 participants in this paper. And when it was published, it shows having over 1,100 participants. And I don't know where those extra 600 participants magically came from. Uh, perhaps they were picked up from the Ebola riddled playa lands. <laughs> uh, uh, Eric Stewart himself says that the original data has been lost. He can't show you oh, the no. data, unfortunately. It's because, you know, sometimes you just you butterfingers it, and then it goes down the drain, and what, what can you do? So, yeah, that, that, that's the thing that happened. Alright, well, I'm sure this won't, uh, you know, uh, distract anyone from their, their extreme zeal for the concept of systemic racism. Yes. Don't worry. Which, you know, it may still be a thing. I'm sure there's some racism somewhere, and some of it must be in the system, but um, it doesn't help the cause when lots of the major studies used to support it are lies. D- don't lie about things, guys. I mean, on the other hand, maybe it does help the cause, since this wasn't found out until they said these studies have been published over the last 17 years. Yeah. So maybe it did. Ooh. Evil should not prevail. And yet... And yet. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to go into happy news. Good news, everyone. News about evil not prevailing. Hell yeah. All right, David, what do you got? 
Yeah, so a few school districts in New York and Los Angeles have been considering teaching kids to use ChatGPT to enhance learning rather than banning it like everyone did in a panic a few months ago. All Fuck right. yeah. Are these public schools? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah, right now they have just repealed the ban. They haven't actually... Uh, announced any plans to like integrate it into curriculum or anything, but it's step one, I guess. Yep, I mean, it's good that they're uh, you know at least they're not banning it. Mm-hmm. ChatGPT, it's like uh, you know all the math classes where they were like, you can't use the calculator. You know, you're not always gonna have a calculator on you when you're older. I think it's different than that because the calculator is just a tool, whereas ChatGPT actually makes the learning more interesting more fun and you learn more out of it like it's it's almost like having a little friend game assistant guy there to help you out and you can look into whatever interests you this is spoken like a man who didn't have a graphing calculator well yeah okay those were super fun (laughs) (laughs) all right david what's going on in tokyo uh so the university of tokyo is uh, a pilot testing technology for a muon based gps replacement uh, muons are basically uh, heavy and uh, relatively slow-moving uh, cosmic particles, I think. Possibly cosmic rays. I'm not sure. Um, I'm a data scientist, not a space it's radiation kind of scientist. Particle, right? uh, but anyway, if they get this working, uh, it will be able to give GP. Uh, GPS-like navigation abilities even deep underground and underwater, which is really cool. That is very cool. Alright, GPS everywhere. Give them muons. Alright, Ineash, tell us about Chinese air pollution. It's down 40% over the last decade. What? Yeah. I don't know. All those solar panels they've been making or something. Uh, Maybe. Is this data coming from China or is it coming (laughs) from somewhere reputable? Oh, I did not check the source. Uh, the Air Quality Life Index from the University of Chicago. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's their cities are looking better. People are breathing easier. Life expectancy has increased on average two to six years, depending on the city, which is insane. Air quality matters. Air quality really fucking matters. So yeah, good job, China or uh, or whoever was doing this. Chinese Superman blowing really hard. <laughs> Thanks, Chinese Superman. All right, David, what's the new news on Azempic? Uh, A study on something else related to Azempic found that it possibly completely removes the need for insulin in type 1 diabetics. Uh, Hey! Hey, News about people using Azempic for actually diabetes? (laughs) Yeah. Right? Uh... Naturally, since this wasn't the declared purpose of the study, they are going to need to do a follow-up study to confirm this. Uh, but yeah, if this pans out, that's crazy. Yeah, that would be incredible. But Zempic, you gotta inject every day, like uh, insulin as well, right? I think it's once a week. Once a week? Oh my god! Okay, that's much yeah. better than having to do it two or three times a day. Yeah, and yeah. if the uh, pill form has the same uh, property, then. That would be PG Keen. Yeah. Pillform is going to be huge. Oh, my God. Mm. Everyone, shut up about that. I just saw what this next story is. Okay. <laughs> Ineash, you have Lego you, news for us. I knew you were going to love this. I saw this and I was like, oh, my God, this is a West story. This is, I can't, this is the most important story we've, 
we have reported on this entire episode. Guys, what is this? Wes loves Legos. He has in his basement like Legos sorted by size and color and in bins. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, he we have human sized Legos used to make real buildings. What? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the dream. Click on the link, dude. You're gonna love it. I just did. And 90- a Florida construction firm is seeing fast adoption of its intuitively made building blocks that work like real life Lego bricks. Oh my god! They took a look at them. There's a picture. They're just building like a whole sub, like a basement foundation out of giant Lego bricks. Yeah, this it's, is incredible. You've been training for this your entire life. Right? They just built a 96-unit housing complex with just 11 workers using only block these blocks and an adhesive. Uh, they didn't use any cranes or lifts, no bench saws, no metal cutting equipment. Uh, so, yeah, just, just a bunch of rubber mallets and some adhesive and being really smart with the plans and putting the things where they gotta go, you know? And they're rated to withstand wind speeds of 275 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. This is some serious shit. They're saying it basically acts like concrete once it's all settled and done. Oh my god, look at these photos. There's just dudes building giant Legos. (laughs) I love this so much. I'm so glad I found this. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm getting so much pleasure out of how excited you are. This is incredible. This is, I need my I I need to like knock down my house and rebuild it at least. Uh, you may have to wait a little bit. The company is still in the startup phase of becoming a company. Uh, they got some series funding recently, and I don't know. They're they're gonna keep making shit. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a little guest house in the back. Oh, that's gonna be of, awesome. Out of Lego bricks. Uh, don't tell the township because that's probably illegal. Because no one's allowed to do that in America. I but know. whatever. They'll be like, leave me alone. I'm just building with Legos. How dare you build a structure on your land, sir? <laughs> right. How dare I? But it's uh, it's fine if it's just toys. It's true. You're just playing with Legos. Yeah. Just playing with Legos. I'm not building a guest house. Ain't no law against playing with Legos around here. Exactly. And as soon as they pass that law, that's when I move. Awesome. To Florida, you mean? <laughs> Since that's where this <laughs> Lego company not. is based out of? <laughs> Definitely not. Well, uh, this is many other states to try first. Well, I wish you I'd luck. Pro- I'd probably move to Canada before Florida. Hmm. But what if they don't have Legos in Canada? They have Legos in Canada, Eniash. Come on. Adult Legos. Well, then then I got to import them. Fair enough. Should be easy to sneak things under the uh, the noses of those maple leaf huffers. Right? Be like, look, this is just Legos. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I guess, I guess we should stop talking about this. <laughs> we can't make the whole rest of the show about the Lego houses. Uh, David, what is going on with... A, a hypersonic suborbital jet? Yeah, so a German company called Polaris has successfully test-flown a scaled-down unmanned model of Aurora, a hypersonic-slash-suborbital jet they designed, which is capable of delivering payloads into orbit. Uh, it can... That sounds cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it can take off and land at conventional airports and has is much more much easier to abort safely than uh, rocket based delivery vehicles and it is also one of the coolest planes I've ever seen uh, it looks like an sr71 if the sr71 was designed by Apple uh, this is just a flying triangle yeah but it's a super slick flying triangle <laughs> <laughs> It looks 
<laughs> it looks like a Star Destroyer. If the Star Destroyer was completely smooth. Honestly, nice. you're not wrong. Uh, that's very cool. That is very cool. And it just kind of like detaches plane. the things while it's flying up real high and they get flung out into orbit? Basically, yeah. From what I can Neat. understand. They have a little diagram on the website, which is what I linked in the show notes. I am going to tell Roxy about this because her new favorite game is to sit in our chair and pretend she's going to space. And she has a little stuffed octopus that one of the legs she uses as her seatbelt. She is welcome to visit me when I'm living on the moon. All right. I'll I'll let her know. Have you given her a big cardboard box that she can, like, draw a control panel on? I mean, she has many cardboard boxes and many drawing implements. Okay. So she can take care of this problem if it's a problem. We live in the Amazon age. (laughs) There's never... Oh, good point. There is never... A uh, shortage of cardboard boxes. The wealth that today's youth have. Right? It's insane. All right. Uh, so speaking of space, we got some Mars news. Yeah, we've got uh, two pieces of Mars news. A group called the Mars Society has announced the creation of the Mars Technology Institute, uh, which is a uh, research... I'm going to guess this has something to do with Mars. Yeah, it's a uh, research group whose purpose is to develop the technologies required to settle Mars. Huh. They have... I mean, that's cool. Yeah, they have a uh, pretty big chunk of funding, but obviously haven't actually, you know, done anything yet. Uh, but it's a promising start. All right, I look forward to them getting acquired by Elon Musk. Yes. Actually, that probably would be really good. Yeah, right? SpaceX sweet. Yeah. He's doing a much better job with that than Twitter. Yep. All right, and what else? What else? What's our other Mars news? Yeah, the other piece of Mars news is that a microwaved-sized proof-of-concept device on the Perseverance Mars rover has, over the last two years, generated enough oxygen to keep a small dog alive for approximately 10 hours. Hey, we could send a dog to Mars for 10 hours yeah. if we prepare for two years. That's cool. What did it make? What did it make oxygen out of? I think out of water, but let me check. Um, how long did it take it to generate this oxygen? Two years. Two it, years. It's been working on it since Perseverance landed. Hmm. At a. That sounds bad for the dog. It needs ten hours of oxygen way before two years have passed. Uh, yeah, but this is a single microwave-sized device, and if you scale that up and send a lot of them, then you'll be able to get a lot more oxygen a lot more quickly. All right, fair enough. Yeah, so I heard everyone was excited about finding ice on the moon, Uh, but now we can just make oxygen on Mars? Oh, it just extracted it from Martian atmosphere. Oh, neat. Oh, right, Mars has an atmosphere. I always forget Mars has an atmosphere. All right, very cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, let's, uh, let's just send up a big one, and then we can keep a dog alive indefinitely. And then Mars can have dogs. Yeah. Small dogs. Martian dogs. Well, you know, you start small. Yeah. All right. Eniash. Yes. uh, What is our final happy news story? Uh, This is our human interest story, which we have to have every episode because it makes Eniash smile. Sometimes they're doggy interest stories, but not as often. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, this is this is a story of a human like exercising a lot of agency to do great things on his own. Uh, there was a UN depl- diplomat over in Yemen. Uh, Yemen is undergoing some sort of civil war or something right now, so it's unclear who is in charge of it, which is bad. Classic when- Yemen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> which is bad when there's an abandoned oil tanker on your shore filled with over a million barrels of crude that is slowly uh, rusting and falling apart. Uh, it was... People were worried that it was going to eventually leak into the uh, Black Sea and have a, you know, worse environmental catastrophe than the Exxon Valdez did. Uh, but this UN diplomat managed to crowdfund the $144 million needed to buy the tanker and hire someone to come out, drain it of the crude oil, and scupper the tanker. So, uh, yeah, they, they prevented a massive eventual catastrophe um, through, you know, the magic of friendship. Amazing. Yeah. Well, nice. all right. Sometimes Thank- we don't need no stinking governments. <laughs> all right. That brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we will start with David. Yeah, so I have an assortment of things this uh, fortnight because... I didn't have, I had several things, but none of them were big enough to make a whole troop deployment out of. Uh, first off, Scott Alexander of Astral Codex 10, late of Slate Star Codex, uh, has announced that he is running for president on both the Republican and Democrat primary tickets. Uh, his um, platform includes things like to fight wealth inequality and um, and ensure U.S. naval supremacy, we should bring back the liturgy. Uh, we should appoint Governor Jim Justice to the Supreme Court so that people will have to refer to him as Justice Justice. Um, <laughs> and uh, to fight CO2 emissions and racism, we should keep mining coal but use it to build a... Uh, a copy of Mount Rushmore, but with black people on it instead of presidents uh, across from Mount Rushmore out of the coal we mined. Uh, he also wants to mandate a minimum wage of $999,000 to all New York Times employees. Yes, they thoroughly deserve it. Uh, uh, clearly, he's a uh, mind killer listener and heard me uh, begging someone to run against Biden. Yeah, so I... Completely support this candidate and all every plank in his platform. Uh, so if you are a primary voter, then write in Scott Alexander. Uh, also, will do. Also, I played Dishonored too. Uh, I played Dishonored the original shortly after it released and really enjoyed it. But then two was released with a bunch of bugs, uh, and so I never got around to playing it. Uh, and as often happens with video games, those bugs have been patched in the last six years, so I finally remembered that it exists and picked it up for, I think, like five bucks on a Steam sale, and it's great! It's really, really good, and if you like, uh, mid-2000, or mid-2010s era, uh, stealth traversal games that are really well-written, you should play it. All right, thank you, David. Ineash, what have you got for us? Uh, mine is going to be a bit of a downer. Um, this is a remembrance. 
while I was off at Burning Man back here in Colorado, a friend of mine died of pancreatic cancer. On uh, August 29th, Van Aaron Hughes passed away. He commonly went by Aaron. Um, I'm, I'm angry that he's dead. He deserved so much more because he was one of the smartest and kindest people I knew. Uh, he was one of the founding members of the book club that I am in and helped keep it going for many years. He encouraged me to join the Northern Colorado Writers Workshop, which I did and which drastically improved my writing. And he's a large part of the reason that I am published anywhere, him and his encouragements. Um, he, I didn't find this out until a number of years into me knowing him, but uh, he was a lawyer and he argued before the Supreme Court of the United States twice. Uh, he's, he's just a hell of a guy and was delightful to talk to. And he would have been a great rationalist. Uh, he was a bit too old for that. He was 57. So the movement, you know, swept by after his, his prime ideology formation time age. But, um, he not, not only did he embody the rationalist ideas of being genuinely curious and wanting to know things and updating when you needed to, but not being completely wishy-washy about everything, he he was kind in in his thinking about every other person's viewpoints. And honestly, I think the Denver Red community was poorer for not having him in it. It would have been great to have someone like that to look up to. Um, but the thing that I... I guess that makes this a troop deployment is that he was a um he was a republican and he was at the time that i found out he was a republican the only republican that i really knew uh i came from deep blue circles and we all knew that republicans are basically you know ignorant and or spiteful and or homophobic and all assholes and some of them put on a, a friendly exterior but once you get to know them you're like oh yeah there's the asshole underneath um and that was that was not the case with aaron at all he was just genuinely one of the best people i knew he's a better person than i am and he taught me how to put behind that bigotry not by doing anything but just by being him and we talked about things sometimes and i started to understand how a good person could be a Republican just from some slightly different weights and some slightly different viewpoints and be a Republican because he was good and not in spite of it. Um, and I still disagree with him on a number of points that we disagreed on, but we were able to disagree and be friends. That was one of the things he did. He's like, yeah, I can disagree with you without not caring about you. It was great. And I aspire to be like him. And I, I honestly believe nowadays that if you don't have any Republican friends, you're probably a bigot. Uh, it's same as if you don't have any Democrat friends. Th this is this is half the population. Uh, either way, there's a uh, there's no way everyone is evil. Like get to know some people. Um, I'm sorry he's gone, and I'm going to remember him for a long time. And I think everybody that knew him will remember him for a long time because he really was a great person. Um. R.I.P. Aaron, and I don't know, tell us about some Legos. Get this thing back on a happy note again. All right. Thank you, Eniash. Uh, yeah, and so instead of trying to uh, follow that with anything important, I'm going maximal frivolousness. Uh, and so my troop deployment is that football season is back. Woo! They, uh, they had a Sunday full of games. Yesterday was awesome. Uh, it's, it's, I don't, I don't watch any other sports, but I love watching football. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy it's back. Eagles won their first game. Um, they didn't look great doing it. So it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a ride this season. Um, the defending champions lost. 
the the team they beat in the championship game lost, so it's uh, everything's kind of wide open. Nice. So it's going to be a hell of a season. It's going to be a great time. I listened to like four different uh, football podcasts today. Uh, it's back, baby. I love it. <laughs> uh, have you heard about the AI-powered football commentary thing? You mean the Manning cast? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, it's Peyton and Eli Manning uh, commenting on Monday Night Football. Uh, uh, it's not It's not good. Yeah, no, this is like some people are trying to use AI to uh, basically read the body language of players and coaches to try to figure out what plays are going to come next. What? Hmm. It's like an AI Tony Romo. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> does it work? You need to watch football. You're, gonna, you're not getting any of my references. Uh, I don't watch <laughs> does, stuff. Does the, but... does the tech work, though? Uh, hell if I know. I bet it doesn't work as well as Tony Romo. Is that a joke because Tony Romo's bad or good? No, he's he's good. He's a he's an announcer. And his first year that he announced, he was notorious for predicting the play just by looking at the formation. Oh. He's like, oh, yeah, here's what they're going to do here. And the studio finally had to be like, still, Tony, shut up. <laughs> You're <laughs> ruining the surprise. <laughs> Spoilers, man. Awesome. Yeah, but he's awesome. He's, he's my favorite commentator. And. He was calling the Eagles game, so it was uh, good announcing. Fuck yeah! Uh, so, David, w- <laughs> any 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 uh, idea if this works? Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know. Uh, I understand about half of this article because it's half AI stuff and half sports stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a link to it in our outline. Oh my god! Oh, they're doing it on Thursday Night Football. This is an Amazon thing. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, I'll report back on this, because I'm definitely watching Thursday Night Football this week. Okay, cool. All right, well, that's our show this week. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews uh, where uh, the only real place you can leave reviews on podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts. But if you find another one, leave us a review there. Please subscribe on Substack. You'll get access to early episodes. You'll get access to bonus episodes, and you'll get into our subscriber-only Discord channel. Where you can come talk about football or Lego buildings. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks. Same rad time, same rad channel. Bye. Bye.